to me right now. Praise the mighty name of Jesus. Our lives are in His hands. Amen. He knows our every need. He knows our every desire. You got one today in your heart. Just lift it to the Lord as we pray. Dear Jesus, here we are today. Both of my hands lifted up. I need you. Lord, we cannot do anything without you. Lord, we must have you in this hour and this time. So we look to you, Lord, because you're the author and the finisher of our faith. We're on the winning side. Oh, God, we know where we stand in this hour. We know, Lord, you're here with us, for you said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But I'd be with you even in you to the end of the world. And we thank you, Father, that the champion, the champion of champions is here with us this morning. Here to speak to our hearts, to encourage us, to give us strength in this hour, to help us to know where we stand. Oh God, we give ourselves to you, Lord. Today, I just surrender myself to you now as I step into this place. Yield myself to the gift of God. I just ask, Lord, you'll speak through me this morning. To the hearts of every individual. Those that are listening in around the world, we pray, God, your blessings upon them too. As the service is being streamed. Way down in Belgium, over in, over in South Africa, over in India, wherever it is, around the world, Europe, different places. May the Holy Spirit just speak to our hearts, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we ask it. Heal the the diseases of your people. We know it's not your will that we be sick. Because you paid the price of redemption. We know your desire is for us to prosper in health. Even as our soul prospers. Lord, you know the many needs that are here. As we would pray that you'll just meet every need, Father. Father, as we have no other place to go. We have no other refuge, and neither is there any other place we want to go than you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'm going to let you be seated at this moment. We just want to say thank you for for being here this morning, for being a part of the service. Also, yesterday, of course, you made us very, very proud as you pulled together and helped and did all that you did for the wedding of two of our young people, Brother Justin Ware and Sister Lillian Petersoli, as they um, declared their vows to one another. And, um, but anyway, we're here this morning, and um, the Lord is here with us. I want to say that we're happy for each one of you that has come. Uh, we, you, you heard from the singing from um, some of those from Tucson and and they're from our sister church there, uh, Brother Doug Baker's in Tucson. We want you to take our love and greetings back to them. Amen. We really appreciate Brother Doug. He's ministered here for us and has been a blessing to us many, many times. So, amen. We want the, our greetings taken back. Also, we have, um, it's already been mentioned, but we have some some friends here from Angola. So we're really happy to have you. We want to shake your hand after the service, be able to greet you, so that you can take our love and greetings back to Angola. Their son is 
staying over here at, um, in Magnolia, going to be going to school for the next four years. So we hope to see a lot more of you. Amen. So God bless you. Amen. And we welcome you in the name of the Lord. Each one of you that is here, amen, it's um, good that, that we can come. And you heard the prayer requests that has went out, and uh, there are many, many needs. We, we haven't mentioned much about it. Uh, at all, but uh, my son-in-law, Brother Aaron, has been fa- um, facing some very difficult health battles, and um, we're just looking to the Lord for healing for him and deliverance, and um, we heard the request for Brother Ron Spencer that um, where they found some nodules in his lungs, but I just want to remind the devil that God gave him those lungs. And when he had no breath and could hardly breathe anymore because of the fire and the accident that happened, God healed him and gave him another set of lungs. And these lungs don't belong to him, and he can't camp down on them. Amen. Because, um, because this is the Lord's property. And uh, so we're just believing the Lord. But, you know, we're not going to take these things... Um, uh, you know, just haphazardly, when we are, um, when Goliath in, invades our land with his Philistines, you know, we're not just going to just take this as, oh, well, you know, this is kind of, um, prior for, you know, par for the course, but we're going to take this very, very seriously. Now, I'm going to make an appeal to you that um, as we come into this new year that you behave a little differently than what you have and that you take things and the services here a little more seriously than you have. And then I am making an appeal that you come early and that um, you uh, make an altar either at your seat or around here at the altar and just pray quietly at the altar. There's a lot of battles that are going on. Um, you know, the many things that I cannot say publicly from the pulpit that are going on around worldwide, um, disappointments in the ministry, disappointments um, on, on, every, on every front, lots and lots and lots of battles that we are going through at this time. And, um, you know, and then, and then also I want you to remember that we're about just about a month out from leaving for the Philippines and on to Japan. And uh, there are just many things that we need to be praying about. And we need to be people of prayer and, um, and, and seeking the Lord. So I wanted to make mention to that this morning. Again, I'm making that appeal that you come early and that you spend the time in prayer forever service. God is doing miraculous things. And he's doing, he's doing extreme things in this hour. And we want to prepare our hearts and create an atmosphere where the, those things can go forth and happen in his name. And we believe that God is pouring out his spirit upon all flesh and around the world at this time. And we are part of that pouring out of God's spirit as he empties out his spirit uh, in the end time people. Um, I uh, want to also this morning give you some greetings from Brother David Iverson. He's the pastor there in Belgium. 
And um, just recently, of course, you know, the area there has lost one of the um, one of the pastors in that area, Brother uh, Guido. Uh, Brother Guido was was told in the August meetings there when um, in, in the prayer line when Brother Ron Spencer was praying with him that um, you know that that uh, the train was coming for him but he was ready to go and you know so he and to make preparations for that and it was just um, just a few months later after that just just here recently that was in August so it's just been just very recently Brother Guido uh, just sat down on some steps helping somebody uh, do something and just kind of sat down and laid his head on his shoulder and went home to be with the Lord. And, um, you know, he, he left a note on his desk saying uh, about a new body. And so, you know, uh, uh, and, and so here uh, he was fearing a lot of health problems as he looked toward his senior years in life. Um, Brother Guido has uh, several children that... Um, uh, one that serves the Lord, Brother Joshua, who I understand um, uh, does some preaching also there. Uh, and um, he, he has a, a couple of boys that were wayward boys that were not serving the Lord. And, and, um, and so th- these were very, very heavy on his heart. And um, I just wanted to kind of share with you a testimony of what just happened at the youth camp there in Belgium. And uh, Brother Guido's son Joshua, the minister, refers to his brother Isaiah's testimony. Isaiah had been uh, straying away from the Lord and was just, has just recently made a start back since his dad passed away. But he said um, they were both testifying. Brother David Iberson was testifying and Brother Joshua at the same time both in the pulpit at the exact same time. Uh, one was in Brussels, the other in, in the pulpit, um, and there uh, at, at, at another church. And they were quoting the text that I shared when I heard that Isaiah had come back to the Lord or had come to the Lord, a, a prodigal had returned. I sent him a text that, likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repenteth. And, and, of course, I had emphasized to them, you know, it's not just, um, uh, just the, the angels uh, rejoicing, but there's rejoicing in the presence of angels. So I said, even the saints on the other side, looking over the banister, seeing a, a prodigal come home rejoicing. Amen. And so, Brother, um, Brother David Iverson writes, he said, I, we were quoting this text you shared at at camp, um, and uh, likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And both of us emphasize that the rejoicing is not merely the angels, they never sin, but in the presence or in the front of the angels, it's the heavenly host realizing what is going on on earth. And after testifying at the youth camp, uh, Isaiah, Brother Guido's son, who was filled with the Holy Ghost during camp, also gave this testimony in our local church this morning. It was a very powerful moment. God touched some people in their seats while he was speaking. This time Isaiah told more details of what happened at camp, that he 
clearly heard angels singing left to right when he got baptized with the Holy Ghost. He said at first he thought how nice the sisters can sing, but then realized nobody was singing at that moment. And Sister Martine and, and Jessica watched the service again afterwards and even said there was no music more, um, nor singing at that very moment. God is so wonderful. And they send that testimony this morning. Amen. And praise to God. And I understand that there is also another boy here in the States that has also been tendered in the presence of God and moving toward the Lord even at this time. Amen. So we thank God for those things. Amen. Amen. I believe that God is calling his elect no matter where they are. It's, it's, um, it's like I, I've said this, uh, in times past. Even one of the reasons why that we had to go and build another building is part of it so that the prodigals can come home. Amen. We should get ready for a celebration and amen. Prepare to, to um, meet the Lord. I believe we're here at the end time and I believe God's word is being fulfilled in these moments and this time. So God bless you and, and uh, let's look to the Lord this morning. Isaiah 53 verse 1, if you would like to stand with me now. In honor to the reading of the word, Isaiah 53 and verse 1. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And he hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, So he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when he shall make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, 
And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. May God bless you. You can be seated. I'm going to speak this morning on who hath believed our report. And I would also like to say to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. His power, the power of his arm. The report of the faithful and true witness. Uh, Looking at our church age in Revelation chapter 3 verse 14. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write. These things saith the amen. The faithful and true witness. The beginning of the creation of God. As we look into these scriptures this morning. And just think about them uh, as we consider them realizing God reminding us something to this generation and I believe that God has put his amen and brought to us the final message for the final age that there is no other message to come amen but God has now put his amen on it in the Laodicean church age and then he said these things saith the faithful and true witness I think I think it is wonderful to take note that he identifies himself as deity, as the faithful and the true witness. You know, many times when we think of being faithful, we talk about an unchanging God uh, whose word never changes. And when we speak in that manner, sometimes we get a view of him that makes it seem very impersonal because he he never changes you know he's it seems it's it sometimes wants to come across as that he's rigid and impersonal and it's um to some it is though that god has made the whole universe and all the laws that pertain to it and then stood back and became an impersonal god many people take this view today They believe there is a God, but he has no interest in his creation. And, you know, and then other other times we may think, well, it is though that God made a way of salvation for lost mankind. And that being the way of the cross. And then when the death of, of Christ has atoned for our sins and his resurrection gave us an open door to him, that God has just folded his arms and stood back. And, um, you know, and so it's as if we majored in believing in a great creator who created and yet lost personal interest in his creation. Too many people think that way. But it's wrong thinking because God is right now, he is right now governing in the affairs of men as we speak. He is both the creator and the sustainer. And I just want to get you a picture before we go, you know, of the ever-present God, the faithful and the true witness. The one who is here to, to be present in every service that we come to. And is here for every situation that you may face in life. You may be facing some very difficult times. Either now or maybe you receive news of it in the hours ahead, days ahead. But nevertheless, I want you to understand he is, he is not, he is not that God who's standing back with his arms folded. 
But he's a God who is very, very interested in our affairs and what is going on at this time. Colossians 1.16 said, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, and all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. So you see, he, he, he is the sovereign God. And by his own counsel, he, he um, purposed a plan of salvation of his elect that he foreknew. Remember, God foreknew and he pre-planned this very moment. We talked about demons some services ago, how they planned strategies. I want you to know God plans strategies. Amen. He, by his own counsel, he made the plan of salvation that we just read about in Isaiah 53, prophesied long before that he come. And he, the son died upon the cross to, to establish the means of salvation. And, and then he executes the very will of the father. He's, he's working all things um, uh, uh, at this time or this moment according to the purpose of his own will. He is right in the midst of it all. He's in the midst of his church. This great creator, Savior God is faithfully working right in the midst as a great shepherd of his sheep. And his very existence is for his own and he loves them and he cares about them. Amen. His eyes is ever upon them. This, this one who watches, watches over us never slumbers or sleeps. When, when the word says that your life is hid with God in Christ, that's exactly what it means. I'm so glad that there's a God that abides faithful. He is true to himself. He will not lie. He is true to the word. He will back up his word. Amen. He's true to us. He will lose none of us. But he will raise us up at the last day. I'm glad we can rest in his faithfulness. Philippians 1 and 6 said, Being confident of this very thing, that he which begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. So if we think of it in that term, he, he's going to continue working. Amen. In his working, he will continue healing. He will continue saving. He will continue delivering. Amen. Until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. So according to his unfailing word, he that began the the good work in his church in the first age will continue that same work all the way down to the ages, even to the end of the world. So we, we can, though some may pose a question, well, has he lost interest? I ask, how could he? Can he forget us? Isaiah 49 and 15 said, can a woman forget her sucking child? I mean, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb. Yea, they may forget. Yet will I not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee up on the palms. Amen. Oh, think about that. Of my hands and thy walls are continually before me. Forget us. Oh, how could he forget us? 
You know, how could men even think of him being an impersonal God who didn't take us personally? When he left all the glory for us. I mean, as I share this from the church age book, you know, this is what happened for our redemption. The Holy Ghost came upon Mary and bore, she bore a son and called him Jesus. We know what that means mean. It means Jehovah the Savior. The great creator came down, became a sacrifice for our sins. His blood was the blood of God. Amen. And the blood of God was shed and the spirit left him as he died in agony. The same life spirit came back to indwell the repentant sinner and set him free. And that sinner did not need to come back year after year and sacrifice after sacrifice for there was no need for by one sacrifice. Once and for all, he has been set free from the dominion of sin and has received the life of Christ whereby he reigns in victory over sin, the world and the devil. Amen. God did it. He did it all. He cried out in the curse, the world cursed in sin. I will give you a sign. A virgin shall be with child. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And that will be your sign. It will be an everlasting sign. And what she brings forth will be Emmanuel, God with us. God came down in a blood sail. Not through a man, but by the Holy Ghost. And in the virgin womb, a tabernacle for the purpose of death was built. And the seed of the woman came in order that he be bruised to bring us our salvation. And when the Holy Ghost came upon Mary, she cre- he created within her womb the cell that would multiply and become the body of our Lord. And that cell was created and it was the beginning of the creation of God. This is who Jesus is. And that Holy One was filled with holy blood. Even the blood of God. That tabernacle came to birth. He grew to be a man. He went to the river Jordan. And there the sacrifice was washed of John in the river called Jordan. And when the acceptable sacrifice rose up out of the water, God came and indwelt him. And filled him with a spirit without measure. And when he died and he shed his blood, the perfect life of God was liberated to come back upon the sinner who would accept Christ as his Savior. Amen. Oh, how striking this is. Jehovah born over a manure pile. Amen. Jehovah born in a manger of straw. Oh, you think sometimes God has just forgot us all and, and it just went back and left us? Oh, no. He, he came down to be one of us. Amen. There is your everlasting sign to the proud and the puffed up and the intellectuals who, who have evolved their own theology and denied the truth of God. Jehovah God, a crying baby in a stinking barn. Amen. Then when we think that we have a right to be proud and holding up our noses and criticizing and acting as if we were somebody, here's your real sign. That is the right one, Jehovah, amen, playing as a boy. Jehovah working in a carpenter shop. Jehovah washing the feet of fishermen. I'll give you a sign, not the sign of a white-collared priesthood. Not not the sign of wealth and of power. 
Amen. There's nothing in this sign that you will want or think suitable, but it's an everlasting sign. It's the greatest sign of all. Jehovah standing in the courtyard, bruised and bleeding with thorns on his brow and spit on his face and mocked and said it not. Jehovah rejected, despised, hanging naked upon a cross while hypocrites jeered and, and dared him to come down off the cross. Jehovah dying. Jehovah praying and nothing happening. Then Jehovah died. This is a sign for all men. Now there is nothing like it. It's a great one. Amen. Then darkness came upon the earth. They put him in a tomb. There he lay three days and night until the earthquake shattered the gloom of night and he came forth. Jehovah came forth. Hallelujah. Jehovah ascended on high. Then Jehovah returned to indwell in his church. Amen. Jehovah came back in a rushing mighty wind and flames of fire. And he came back to walk in the midst of his church. Amen. To empower his people. Amen. Once more Jehovah came and this time to stay in his people. Amen. You think about him being impersonal and sitting somewhere in the heavens. He came back to stay in his people. And again, he heals the sick. And he raises the dead. And he manifests himself by the Spirit. Jehovah, Jehovah came back speaking in tongues and giving an answer back in interpretation. Jehovah came down and raised the prostitute to sin no more. Amen. He come down to the drunkard with five blows over his face as he lay unconscious in the gutter. Yeah, he came to manifest in flesh and manifest through flesh. Jehovah came, God in us, the hope of glory. Amen. Yes, Jesus came and shed his blood and he set the captive free. He came and redeemed his lost sheep. He gave them eternal life and they shall never perish. And he'll not lose one of them, but raise them up at the last days. Hallelujah. Over and over and over, he shows he's with us. Are you believing this report? In the book of Revelation, he shows him standing in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. These are symbolic of his church throughout seven ages. I want you to see him. He's there from the first age to the last age. That holy one in the midst of the lampstands is the very same Jesus who walked the shores of Galilee. A man who healed the sick, who raised the dead, who in spite of irrefutable in, in proof was crucified and killed. But he rose again and he seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. He came back in spirit upon the true church. And he's right now the faithful and true witness in the midst of the church. Amen. Oh my. And if the church, are you the church? If the church is the true church. It will have the very same spirit and word and acts of power that they did at Pentecost. Amen. By experience, it will be a Pentecostal church. And there will be tongues and interpretation and prophecies and healings. And God will be in the midst of her. And God will declare himself in the midst of her as he always has. I'm ready for God to declare himself.
Hallelujah. Amen. Let me just tell you another quote from Brother Branham. And do you know whom these organizations fight? They fight the true Pentecostals. I don't mean the organization called Pentecostal. I mean the ones that are Pentecostal because they've been filled with the Holy Ghost and have the signs and gifts in their midst because they walk in truth. And right today when the word, when the church returns to the word and faith, we can say without a doubt that the glory of God and the wonderful acts of God will be in our midst again. And now he's standing in the midst of his church and he stands there revealing who he is in this last age and he calls himself the author of the creation of God. Amen. Now then, so he said he walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. These are meaningful words. Especially when we look in the light of the scripture. You see, because the scripture said Christ Who is our life. Now I want you to get this. Because without Christ. We're nothing. I remember the saying that. That that, that I preached on many years ago. That no matter what you do in life. Or how successful you are. That without Christ. You've totally lost everything. Amen. And that's the same way with the church. It doesn't matter how beautiful we sing or how, how glamorous that we, we can present religion without Christ in our midst. We're just a corpse. Amen. We must have Christ in our midst. Amen. The whole emphasis of the church must be to bring Jesus on the scene. To awake the faith that is in us, that is resident by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Oh my, because you see, with him in our midst, she becomes a wonderment to all. His body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And this very hour, I want you to say this. This very hour. Amen. This very hour, he is walking in the midst of this last age's seventh golden candlestick. Amen. What he was when he walked in the first age, he's here even now in this last age. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Isaiah 53, we have read it, and I just want to ask, is this the report or the revelation that we believe? It is the revelation of his arm of power that God Almighty came down to take on human battles. Isaiah 9 and 6, I've quoted it before many times, but it said, For unto us a son is born, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Amen. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forevermore. And Lord says, the seal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. His zeal. God is zealous about his word. 
There is not one part of it that's going to return to him void. Amen. It will accomplish what he sent it for to do. The same one who let the words go from the beginning that said, let there be, has also spoke words for this end time. And here we are in the midst of prophecy unfolding at this moment. Amen. I want to just bring it back to you again for the sake of the text. Because I spoke of it many times before. The mighty God. The Hebrew lexicon, it, is, it comes from the word gibori. And it means strong, mighty, brave man, mighty man. And it depicts a warrior. In the Bible in Genesis 6-4, I want you to watch how this word is used. The same way Gabor, which, which speaks of the Gabor El, the mighty God. Said, so then there were giants in the earth in those days. And after that, when the sons of God came to the daughters of men, they bare children to them, and they became, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. So this word, this word Gibor is used in Genesis 10 and 8. And Cush begat Nimrod, and he became a mighty one in the earth. In 1 Samuel 17, 51, it says the Philistines saw their champion was dead. You see, Goliath was their gibor. He was their mighty one. He was their warrior that was leading them into the battle. He was their formidable force that they had to champion. Amen. Oh, I'm so glad we heard the song this morning about our champion. Amen. He is the undefeatable champion. And this is what he's saying. I am the mighty God. He wants you to know this morning. He is the warrior God. Amen. Oh, Deuteronomy 7.18. Thou shalt not be afraid of them. But shall well remember that the, what the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh and unto all of Egypt. And the great temptations which thine eyes saw. And the signs and the wonders and the mighty hands. Okay, we stop just a moment. And remember his mighty works. Amen. He has been mighty to heal. Not just 50 years ago. But right here in our midst. Time after time after time where we have seen cancers defeated, crippled conditions defeated, brain bleeds to go, alopecia healed, amen, incurable eye diseases healed by the glory of God. Amen. I want you to remember, friends, uh, this. You, you, you know, our eyes have seen the signs and the wonders and the mighty hand and the outstretched arm. And I want to say this morning, his arm is not short that he cannot save. It can reach right down to where you are and to where your need is. Because it is not short. Amen. But the arm of the Lord is a mighty arm. It's an arm of power. With a mighty hand, a mighty arm, he took Israel out of Egypt. And delivered them with a mighty arm. I want you to understand. His arm is mighty. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, so he says. He says, so shall the Lord thy God do to all the people of whom thou art afraid. 
I want you to just take this promise for yourself. Because we're human. We fear things we have to go through. We fear things that we hear about. All the bad news. All the, and we, you know, we're human. But I want you to say, the Lord God will do this to all of them that you are afraid of. Moreover, the Lord will send the hornet among them. Oh, amen. Until, until they that are left and hide themselves from thee will be destroyed. I'm not just going to get out the visible. I'm going to find the invisible ones. And I'm going to send a hornet word after word after word against your enemy. And seek them out and find them. Hallelujah. Amen. And thou shalt not be affrighted at them. For the Lord thy God is among you. Here's the reason we're not afraid. A mighty God. Can I say it again? A mighty God. A terrible God. That's a fearsome God. An awesome God. Amen. He's a God every demon fears. He's a God and your worst enemy fears. And this is a God you don't have to be afraid of them because the Lord that God is among you, a mighty God and a terrible God, an awesome God. Exodus chapter 15, 3. The Lord is a man of war. Jehovah is his name. Hallelujah. A man of war. Your God's a man of war. He's a champion, a mighty God. He come to take on human battles. This is what Isaiah 53 was about. God coming on to take on human battles. We were losing the war. We were defeated. But he came and he took our battles. Deuteronomy 10, 17. For the Lord your God is God of gods. And the Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty, same word, and a terrible, who regarded not persons, nor taking reward. He ain't making deals with the devil. And he don't regard any of them, whether they're big or small, whether they call her Goliath, or whether they're Goliath in your mind. Cancer may be a, a Goliath in your mind. It's not a Goliath in God's mind. Amen. Oh, yeah, I, I know. You know, when Brother Branham met the angel and the angel, and, and he told him, he said, I'm giving you a gift of divine healing. And he said, nothing will stand before your prayers. Amen. Now, some places you hear Brother Branham say, you know, he said, nothing will stand before your prayers, not even cancer. But well, actually what the angel said, nothing will stand before your prayer. And Brother Branham asked, not even cancer? You see, the angel wouldn't have said that. But cancer, because cancer doesn't mean any more to God than a toothache or a pimple on your face. Are you with me? Or a ward on your finger. It means nothing to God. Amen. But you see, Brother Branham looked in, and of course, cancer for, for him is formidable. For, but for God, he didn't even regard it. All right. He said nothing. And that covered cancer. Or whatever disease or problem or thing that you fear. Amen. You name the name. 
It's under the feet of Jesus. And because it's under his feet, it's under your feet. He's a faithful and true witness. Over and over and over, he showed us again and again his faithfulness. To be, you know, he was there at every meeting. I want you to get this. He's there that was there at every meeting where Brother Branham, where Brother Branham ministered to back up the words of this prophet by saying an amen. These things saith the amen. Don't you realize we're living a, a, under a message where God, time after time, service after service, would put an amen. Amen. He would, he would, Brother Bradham would say many, many times, now if I preach the truth, he is obligated to the word. And if I preach the truth, he will testify that I told the truth. And time after time after time, the angel of God showed up. Amen. And, and revealed the thoughts and the intents of the heart that only the word can do. And I ain't talking about a hit and miss gift. I'm talking about even his contemporaries said it never missed. Cancers were healed. Blind eyes were open. Deaf heard. Dumb spoke. As cripples walked for, for God was given his amen to this message in this last age. Amen. So you would have a sure consolation. And this happened service after service. God confirming the message, vindicating the truth. Brother Branham would often say, as I've said, if I told you the truth, then God will testify of the truth. He won't testify of a lie. Amen. I just, just you know, been doing a, a study and just going through our legal rights. And just, just, you know, examining to see and to understand perfectly what our legal rights are. And in there, Brother Branham, in one of, in one of the um, quotations there as I looked upon legal rights and searched them out, I come across a quotation. And, and there, as I just began to go through it, I, I just began to watch God's confirmation. And this is and it's a wonderful message. Hear ye him. It was preached in 1957 and, in Tacoma, Washington. But Brother Branham at the end of the service as he was preaching, hear ye him. And talking about the church and the church coming to the place of maturity and knowing her position. And he goes right there and he says, woman on the front row suffering with a condition of her hands. It gets numb. Her hands and arms gets numb. You got numbness in your hands and arms. The elderly lady sitting next to her. She's weeping because the Holy Spirit struck that woman. Because she reached over and punched her with an arm. Sister, look this way. You were kind in doing that. You helped the woman, to, the lady to understand. I perceive you're in need too. If the Holy Spirit will tell you, let me tell you what your need is. Will you receive him and believe me to be his prophet? Will you do that? You suffer with heart trouble. Your heart trouble is finished. You're healed. Amen. Another one he looks at, same service, heart trouble. I see a woman dying with heart trouble. She's in a serious condition. Just a moment, everyone. Reverend, she's praying now. I don't see the person that looks like her. 
Yes, she lays over here on a bed. She's got many kinds of heart trouble. That's right, isn't it, lady? You, you were praying, had a funny feeling when that woman, uh, that woman said that, didn't you? If that's right, raise your hand. The, the doctor says, give you up. You got all kinds of heart trouble. I just see him writing it down. A lot of things. Short, heavy set fellow. That's right. With your hands up now, lady, I can't heal you, but the healer is right there with you. You touch something, you can live if you want to. I just want to tell you this morning, you can live if you want to. Hallelujah. You can be free if you want to. You can be delivered if you want to. Hallelujah. Because that God shows up at every meeting. For he said, where two or more gather in my name, I am there in the midst. I am there to back up my word and confirm it. And to see that none of it will fall to the ground. He said, what do you think about it, lady? Sitting there next to her. Do you believe with all your heart? You do. You suffer too. If God will, will reveal to me what's your trouble, will you believe me? Who is God's prophet and accept your healing? It's a blood clot on your head. That's right. Raise your hand. You want to go home and be well? You can have it. You're sitting next to her. Listen, you're just going right down row by row. I mean, you want Christ to heal you? You do. If he doesn't, you're going to die. Your trouble is in your spine, isn't it? It's the cancer of the spine. That's right. And you're a preacher, a woman preacher. What do you think about it, lady? He goes to the next one. Sitting there. In other words, are we going to believe this report? The arm of the Lord is being revealed. I mean, when are you going to start believing? I mean, what do you think, lady? I'm just asking you, what do you think? I mean, what report are you going to believe? The doctor said this. Science is saying that. The news is saying this. This is happening here. It's happening on all fronts. Now, whose report are you going to believe? Right. Amen. Goliath comes and invades the land. Right. Amen. We hear the report. Yeah. Amen. But, you know, we hear the report that he's a mighty giant. Yeah. And he's a mighty warrior. Yeah. Amen. From his youth. He's well trained. He's had many victories. He's went through many battles. But whose report are you going to believe? I'm going to believe the report that we got a greater champion. And he's had many more victories than Goliath ever had victory. And today is his last battle. And today he's making his last boast. Amen. Because today there's somebody beginning to believe. Hallelujah. They're beginning to believe the report that we've got a champion of champions. The mighty God. The warrior God. A man of war. And there's never been one like him. No, I ain't talking about Brother Branham at all. I'm talking about Jesus. Amen. No, what do you think, lady? Sitting on the end looking so earnestly. Oh, God, if it could be me, that's what she was saying. Can you imagine this? God knows everything you say. Here he's showing his prophet. said, you got female trouble. Your name is Mrs. John Lennington. Now, I'll tell you what. You stand up here and begin to call out names. <laughs> 
If I was thinking of one, I might think of John Smith or Jim Jones. But I wouldn't think of John Lennington. That's right. Raise up your hand. Is that right? Raise your hand up. Well, he knows you. You got an abscess on the ovary. If you believe with all your heart, you can go home. You see where it comes down? Just believe it. Believe in what? You said, Brother Tim, but my faith. I, I, I just have trouble. I have trouble having faith. Well, faith is just simply believing God's going to do what he said he would do. So what's so hard about believing that? Amen. The doctor says this and this and you believe it. Amen. Why, why not believe this report? And faith is just simply believing God is going to do what he said he will do. Hallelujah. He said he heals all diseases. That's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to heal all diseases. Listen, you're sitting there trying to get somebody else to encourage them, aren't you? I hope you're sitting there trying to get somebody to encourage. You believe that God healed the diabetes and make you well? You believe it? Believing you is so nice to try to encourage that lady. God's healed you with the diabetes now. Here the lady sitting here very sick. She's praying. She's got TB. Her name is Della Lowe. Della, you believe that God will heal you? All right, accept your healing and have faith in God. The lady sitting next to you, she's suffering with eye trouble and getting weak spells. That's right. The lady sitting next to you, she's weeping. She's praying. She's an Indian. That's right. She's suffering with severe headaches. She's not only that, but she's praying for her boy sitting next to her that's blind. That's true. The boy is praying for his daddy sitting next to him with back trouble. Oh, you know, I, I just look at this whole family. They're not praying for themselves. They're not even considered the blind boy ain't saying, I'm on my eyesight. Amen. The mother isn't praying for her headaches. She's praying her boy for her boy. The boy is not praying for himself. He's praying for, he's praying for his daddy who's got back trouble. And he says, you're Indians. That's right. You're from a city called Shelton. God knows where you live. Your name is James. That's right. The one that just raised his hand. All right. Ray, do you believe? Your little boy's name is Tony, isn't it? Now, listen. What I'm trying to show you is this is a personal God. Who knows what you're thinking. Who hears what you are praying. He's heard every prayer you prayed. He's heard every time you cried. He's seen it all. He's not an impersonal God. He's a personal God. He knows your name. Even if you're a little blind boy. Are you with me? And the boy is praying for his daddy. Sitting right next to him with a back trouble. You're Indians, that's right. You're from a city called Shelton. 
Your name is James. And the next one, though, they just raised his hand. Ray, do you believe your little boy is Tony? Isn't your wife is named Sally? That's her mother sitting next to her. Hallelujah, Jesus Christ, God's son is here. If thou canst believe, have faith in God. Sally, bring your little boy, blind boy, your little blind Tony to me in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, to the praise of the omnipotent, omnipresent, the almighty, the all-sufficient God who raised Lazarus from the dead. He's able to heal the blind. He can restore his sight. His spirit is here now. Will you believe? Little Tony, will you give glory to God? Will you bow your heads? And don't raise your heads till I call for your heads to be raised. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Little boy, come to me. Do you present it to me, lady? Close your eyelids. Don't raise your eyelids till I call. Almighty God, creator of heavens and earth. These poor enemies, these poor Indians, the lambs were taken from them. And they were shut back in a corner. They did get a raw deal from the country, but God, you will never pass them by. Oh, omnipotent creator of heavens and earth, this little blind Indian boy is standing here with his head on my bosom. I pray thee, Father, to give grace tonight. We do not seek for miracles, for we know a weak and adulterous generation seeketh after miracles and signs. We have had the sign already. Tonight, Jesus is raised from the dead, standing in our midst. But my heart went out to this little blind boy. Oh, God of heaven, hear the fervent prayer of your servant. Open the eyes of this blind boy, thou demon of darkness, who closed this little boy's eyes into darkness. And it's happened when this boy, because the tape goes on and tells it, this little boy fell from his crib at nine months old and was blind from that moment on. A demon of darkness who has closed this little boy's eyes into darkness. I adjure thee by the living God that you come out of him and give sight back to his eyes again that God intended for him to have. I judge thee, now this is what I was studying, by the death of Christ at Calvary to be uncredited, you are defeated. Christ stripped you at Calvary and you have no legal rights and we have come to call your bluff. In Christ's name, open the eyes of the child for the glory of God. And now let every head be bowed, every eyes closed while this blind spirit should, while that this blind spirit should lead the child. It'll go to one of you and you'll find your own self with ophthemia in a few days. Now just keep your heads bowed. I don't know what's happened, but there's something that's taking place. Now wait till you hear me say it. Every mother, keep your child near you for it's a spirit. And you've got to remember, every disease is a spirit. You say, oh, wait, 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 Brother Tim, this happened from an injury, but a spirit sat there on that injury there and caused this boy to be blind. You say, oh, my mind, Brother Tim, happened an accident and I got crippled. It doesn't matter how you got crippled. It's the enemy there binding the very nerves in your body. Trying to keep you from your healing what belongs to you as a child of God. Come on now. It's God's will to heal every one of you. You're his children. It's his desire to heal you. It's the earnest of our new body. Just to 
is the Holy Ghost is the earnest of our our salvation of our eternal life there in the heavens. It's the earnest of our resurrection. It's the earnest of our body change. And if there's no divine healing, there can be no resurrection. And if there's no divine healing, Jesus' body was raised in vain. Amen. What, what, why did it? Why not just let him go down into hell? Because it said, Thou shalt not leave his soul in hell. So he went to hell. He preached to the spirits that were in prison. They repented not in the days of Noah. So he was in hell. He went to hell. His soul for your soul. Amen. I want you to remember. He shall see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. Do you believe that he took your place? Do you believe he went to hell in your place? Do you believe that all the tormentors of hell came to torment his soul until that moment that the change came? Amen. And he changed from being tormented to a preacher. Hallelujah. Anointed now with a word that said, I will not leave his soul in hell and neither shall I. I'll see him let my holy one see corruption. Are you with me? Do you believe he did that? Do you believe you don't have to go to hell? Because he took your place. He took your punishment. He took your sins. So you can become his righteousness. And because that you are no longer a sinner. But you are now his righteousness. Hallelujah. Oh hallelujah. This is what his atonement did. Do you believe that report? Did he die for you? Well God could have just. Let him go down in hell and not raise up his body. But he raised up his body. Amen. Because in his body, he bore your sickness. In his body, he bore your bruises. He was wounded for you. He was bruised in your place. His body bore the brunt of the wounds so that by his stripes, you could be healed. Can't you see the picture? His soul for your soul and his body for your body. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, so the wounds that was placed upon him took his body to the grave. Amen. But he rose triumphant. The mighty conqueror. Over death, hell, and the grave. And he raised up the body. Hallelujah. Oh my, raised up the body that was sick to death in your place so that you could be healed. Oh, I hope you get a revelation of it. I hope you get a revelation of his arm of power. Amen. He raised up the body of Jesus for your healing. That if he raised him up and he conquered every sickness, every disease, every pain, every problem, that you are dealing with a conquered, defeated enemy this morning. His soul for your soul, his body for your body. Brother Brennan calls it a dual atonement of soul for a soul and a body for a body. And he raised him up. 
Why? To show he's going to do the same thing to your mortal body. You say, I need some scripture for this. Well, the Bible said, if the spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from the grave dwell in you, it shall also quicken, make alive your mortal body. Hallelujah. Is that the truth? Do you believe that report? Amen. This is what he said. If the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also make a line. He shall quicken your mortal body by his spirit. Amen. Where's he dwelling? In you. Amen. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Greater is he that's in you. Now, so he says in his prayer now. Now, he says, Tony, with your head bowed, your eyes closed, the lids I want you to raise your head positionally to me. Look with you and open your eyes and look at me. So I want you to look at me. Can you see me? And Tony says, yes. He said, then put your hand on my nose, Tony. And he says, the audience may raise their hand. Look here, Tony. Look at me. Praise the Lord. Let God, let's give God praise, everybody, for the healing. Your little boy will be all right now, sister. He'll get well. God bless you. You can go back and sit. Just raise your hands and give praise to God. Hallelujah. What was that? God given witness that he knows you, that he knows your need. Amen. That he knows your name. That he knows where you live. And that he's able to heal every disease. Every problem. Hallelujah. The woman on the bed that that he called out with multiple kinds of heart trouble. There at the end of the service he said. He said lady he said you've been prayed for. It's light all around you now. Get up out of that bed and, and walk and be healed. And she jumps out of the bed healed of her heart trouble. What was God showing us? That he's a faithful and true witness time after time. With stunning detail. Showing us that message is truth. And that he's present to confirm his word. Amen. He's witnessing that his atonement still works. That he dealt with sin and sickness. A dual atonement. Both for sin and sickness. As I said, his body suffered the pain. The agony for our body. His soul went to hell as an offering for our sins. this This is the wilderness. Hell was the wilderness that the scapegoat was led into. Remember we covered that last Sunday in the scapegoat because it was there that God showed the very type of the thing. And Brother Brandon said he typed both goats. Amen. And he typed there the scapegoat who the sins of the people were laid upon him. And he was led away into the wilderness. Amen. Abandoned and left behind. Screaming, bleeding out. You know, ever looking frantically everywhere. My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Then to be torn out and ripped apart by beast. I want you to understand this is what Jesus went through for you. For your healing. Oh, who have believed our report? 
His, his powerful arm of deliverance is only available when it's believed. It's of no good to anybody who, who remains an unbeliever. Jesus died for your sins, but unless you accept it, it's not going to do any good. Amen. If Jesus died for your sickness, it's not going to do any good unless you accept it. You must believe the report. Amen. And then you will see his arm revealed. Because it's only to those believe that will see his arm revealed. Are you with me? I want you to think about that for a minute. You remember when Sister, Sister Alana was healed of cancer. I mean, there, were the, there was those that got on immediately and, she, and said, unless that I see that there was no medicine ever given, and then I'm not going to believe. You wouldn't believe no matter. You wouldn't believe no, no matter. Amen. You know, you'll never see the arm of the Lord unless you believe. I mean, you cannot come to God unless you believe. He that believeth, amen, he that believeth, then he rewards those that diligently seek him. They must believe that God is, not that he was or will be sometime in the future. This is where, this has been the sin of the message community. One day when the bride gets her power. Her power is already here. That's what the Holy Ghost is. I'll give you power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. It's not coming in the future. It's already present right in our midst. Oh, if Jesus would just come this morning. He's in every heart. He lives in every believer. Jesus is in the boat. When you're in the storm, Jesus is in the storm. When you're in trouble, Jesus is in the in trouble. Come on. He's right there in the boat with you. He's right there in the heart with you. But he's got to be awakened. Amen. Your faith has got to be awakened. To lay hold of that hope that lies within you. Those who believe his report receive his power that's revealed in the report. John 1 and 12, as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So you see, receiving him gives him power to become sons. So you see, when you receive him, you receive the power of sonship. Amen. Now, those that believe on his name receives this power of sonship. Power of sonship is that you receive of his righteousness. Therefore, putting you in right standing before God as his sons and daughters. Therefore, we are heirs and joint heirs with him. Amen. This is what sonship birthed through Abraham. It produced, you, you see, the sonship that was birthed through Abraham produced because they were in the covenant. You see, let me just read it to you. These are the seed of Abraham who were born in the covenant God gave to Abraham. And because they were seed of Abraham, they could there stand on the promise of the covenant. I will bless them that bless you and curse them that curses you. Is that right? Just stop in just a minute. Because if he's going to bless those that bless you and curse them that curses you, then if the devil has cursed you, 
look out devil. Amen. Look out devil. Hebrews 11.33. Let's look at these, these seed of Abraham. Who through faith subdued kingdoms. Wrought righteousness. Obtained promises. Stopped the mouths of lions. Quenched the violence of fire. Escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness was made strong. Watched valiant and, fly, and fight. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they may obtain a better resurrection. And others had cruel, a, a, a trial of cruel mockings and scourges, and moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned and sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom this world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all haven't obtained a good report through faith. Received not the promise. God haven't some provided some better thing for us. That they without us should not be made perfect. Hallelujah. But in the new covenant. We're not born of Abraham's lineage. We are born of the royal seed of Abraham, which is Christ's lineage. In this lineage, we also, through faith, we write a book. Amen. We write a book, even as they wrote a book. Go to your Old Testament. That was written by the natural seed of Abraham. And the faith of the natural seed of Abraham. The old covenant. But the new covenant. Amen. It's written. Hallelujah. Written by by the the royal seed of Abraham. Hallelujah. And in this lineage, we also through faith write a book as they wrote a book. And it's a book of Acts. And the book of Acts has never ceased. Amen. It has never ceased. And in fact, this day is a continuation of the book of Acts. Hallelujah. It's the book of Acts continued to be wrote. Because the same Holy Ghost that was back there is the same Holy Ghost today in the royal seed of Abraham. Christ landed, and we are writing a book of Acts. Amen. For the same spirit that was in Jesus is being written out in the lives of men and women who received that same spirit. You say, well, Brother Jim, but I, I, I feel very weak, and I don't feel very spiritual this morning. I feel a little down and out and I feel very weak and I feel so insufficient. You know, sometimes we want to think of these things as being humility. But really we should never talk the devil's language. Amen. The devil knows you're human and God knows you're human. And we don't need to get up and talk about our humanity. It's a failure to begin with. 
we need to talk about our deity. That we have been born again by the Holy Ghost. That we are of God, little children. We are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. That's what we need to be confessing. But you know, we're human. We, we go through things and we, we, get, we get to the point of, we get to looking for something humanly that we can do about it. Why, why do you think that the moment you have an acre pain, if you don't run to your medicine cabinet, you run to the herb cabinet? You know, whoa, whoa, why is it that you start a diet plan? Well, I'm going to start eating more healthy. I'm a, I, I, as if God needs your help. Are you with me? As if God isn't strong enough for your situation. So we got to rely on what we can do. Now, perfect strength by perfect weakness. Brother Brandon said, here's something to console us. Here's something that encourages out of weakness and humility. God chooses the people to build his kingdom out of. If we ever get to heaven, if we ever stand in the presence of God with his church, I mean, wants to be there. Amen. Amen. Did we not read about all these men of faith who with valiant fight and all of these things who through faith overcame? He's like, Brother Tim, I'm going to feel Real little standing there in front of them. Listen, Brother Brandon. He says, here's something that encourages us. Out of weakness and humility, God chooses people to build his kingdom out of. If we ever get to heaven, if we ever stand in the presence of God with his church, we'll stand in a bunch of people that's been weak and rejected and cast out by the world and know it nothings. Isn't it strange that God likened us to sheep? That's in Isaiah 53. You know, all we like sheep have went astray. Amen. But God laid on him the iniquity of us all. A sheep is the most helpless thing there is. There's nothing so insufficient of defense than the sheep. A rabbit can run. A squirrel can get to a tree. A dog can bite. A lion can tear. A horse can kick. A bird can fly. But a sheep stands helpless. And that's the way God wants us. Is to realize we're totally insufficient. And then God takes that person and begins to mold himself into that person and make his hands do what God's hands would have hands to do and make his lips speak what God's lip would speak because they're not his, they're God's. And he begins to build a character and begins to take this weakness and to make his own self. Hallelujah. Amen. So then let the weak say... I'm strong. I'm strong because greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Amen. Oh, I can hear Brother Branham say in the convinced and concerned, be convinced, then you'll be concerned. Then the church will really go to growing because you go out and get everybody that you can to bring them in. But as long as you go around and say, well, that's the preacher's job. It isn't the preacher's job. It's everybody's job. Ever born again Christian has the same spirit in them. Preacher might be gifted, but that's just a gift of the Holy Ghost, not the Holy Ghost. 
the gift of the Holy Ghost. Preachers are called prophets and teachers and evangelists and pastors. They receive the Holy Ghost and then a gift to do these things with. But God doesn't have little bitty children or great big children. They're all children to him. That's exactly right. And you're rightly positioned is sitting right now in heavenly places in Christ Jesus with ever power. You say, Brother Branham, I'm the least in the church. I'm just a little bitty fellow. Now remember when he ascended on high, see you are raised with him. You are in the body. And if you're raised in Christ with Christ right now, seated in heavenly places, if you're the skin on the bottom of the feet, Every devil is beneath you. Exactly right, church. Where the head is, the body is with it. And if we are buried and died and buried in Christ, then we raise with him in his resurrection and sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus with every fire of hell, every fire of hell under us. No matter how little you are, every devil is underneath you. Amen. Why? Our great conqueror has conquered every sin, everything, every sickness, even death itself. And we're more than conquerors in him. One only thing, we're seated with him in his throne, looking to him as he looks over the Father. Are you with me now? Amen. How many believes that report? If you're the skin on the bottom of his feet. Amen. He is there to conquer through you. Do you remember Revelation 10? Shows him the mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a cloud. Amen. Robed about. Amen. With a cloud, a rainbow over his head. Is that right? His feet are as pillars of fire. Remember, his, his head is in the heavens, but his feet, where he touches the earth, is his body. Amen. I done read to you if you're the skin on his feet. Amen. Then he puts his feet on the land and the sea. And out of the land comes a champion, a beast that rises out. Revelation 13. Out of the earth. Amen. And out of the sea, multitudes, kindreds, tongues, and people. Another beast, another champion arises. One coming out of Rome, the other coming out of America. With the American Hollywood spirit. And you don't think you can defeat Hollywood? I want you to understand, that spirit is under your feet. You don't think you can defeat Rome and the spirits of Rome? The gospel that God gave us defeats Rome. It defeats its baptism. It defeats its lying doctrine. Are you with me now? I want you to understand he put both of them under your feet and you can overcome. You can rise up above the evils of this age because God has put that enemy under your feet. He puts his feet on the land and the sea, the sea, pillars of fire. Now we know pillars of fire, pillar of fire. There's a pillar of fire led the children of Israel. But where's pillars of fire in the Bible? Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, the pillar of fire divided itself. 
down on 120. And they run out and got converts and it divides itself more and there's 3,000. 3,120. And it goes out to the last age. And sitting right here in this church is the same pillar of fire. Amen. Anointing you, anointing you, anointing you to give you power over your enemy. Hallelujah. Who hath believed our report? Amen. To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He will conquer through you. We talk about the mighty conqueror, Joshua. It's your feet that's got to put on the land of your promise. Wherever you put your foot, amen, you will possess it. Put it on cancer, you will possess it. Put it on alopecia, you will possess it. Put it on sin, you will possess it. Put it on pornography, you will possess it. Hallelujah. Your enemy is underneath your feet. I say hallelujah. I say glory to God. Amen. Because he has a mighty conqueror in this last day. And he's conquering through your life and my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Can you say it today? Hallelujah. Amen. I'm looking at young people that put their feet on pornography. Put their feet on sex sin. Put their feet on drugs and alcohol. Amen. I see men and women who were once under the bondage of sin and unbelief. And now you are free. Hallelujah. Why? Because there's a conquered spirit within you. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet and worship God. Amen. Just everybody worship God. Come on. Hallelujah. He dwells in the praises of his people. He's right here in our midst. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He knows your name. He knows your situation. He knows your problem. He's not an impersonal God. He's a God who is very personal. The word of God is nigh. It's even in your mouth. It's the word of faith that we preach. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a mighty God. What a mighty God. Warrior God. Hallelujah. As I look down to the end time prophecy, I see your enemy in chains. Did you hear me? Bound for a thousand years while we have our honeymoon with the bridegroom. Hallelujah. Are you with me? As I look down to the end of prophecy and I look at the end of the book, you know, the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is a mystery book. In the beginning, we hear about John and Mary. We hear something that was stole from them. We hear about a book that was taken from the hands of man and now is held in escrow in the hands of God.
And we hear of a villain that says we can't take it. It rightly belongs to him. And the call goes out for a worthy man. And he's found worthy the lamb. Worthy is that lamb. And he takes the book. And he looses the seals. Hallelujah. I just want to leave a little question with you right now. If before the book was unsealed. Somebody with me? The blind eyes was open. And the deaf heard. And cripples walk. And it was before the book was even opened. Showing us all the mercies that lays there. Then what is it after the book is open? It's greater now than when it was closed. If there were healing, if there were miracles, if there was his presence in the midst of his people before the book was open, what about now when the book is open? All brothers across the land and across the world listening to me right now, you claim the book is open. If the book is open, where is your God? Where's the God of that Elijah? I want you to know he's in our midst. That's him been healing our sick. That's here, listen. That's him that is raised, that is here among us. I can hear Brother Branham said, don't fear no more, little flock. I am all that I am, you are heir to. Amen. You believe that report? All my power is yours. My omnipotence is yours. I stand in your midst. I have not come to bring fear and failure, but love, courage, and ability. And all power is given to me, and it's yours to use. You speak the word, and I will perform it. That's my covenant, and it can never fail. Hallelujah. As I look at the end of the book and I see him coming, it's our champion. The world's champions in prison, bound for a thousand years. His ultimate place will be in the lake of fire because the vision shows it even past the millennium at the white throne judgment. He's going to go to hell for everything he did to you. He'll burn in hell for everything he did to you. Every torment that he ever tormented you with. Every evil thought you ever thought. He'll burn in hell for it. But I see someone coming. And I saw the heavens open. And he that sat upon a white horse. He had a vesture that was dipped in blood. He had been in battle and he'd overcome. And his name is called the Word of God. And on his head are many crowns. Because he's had many victories. He had a victory in your life. He has a victory in your life. He has a victory in your life. 
On his head are many crowns. Because the saints crown him Lord of Lords and King of Kings. I see him coming with ten thousands of his saints. Coming back to take the world over again. Hallelujah. How wonderful God's word is. I believe it. Don't you believe it? Do you believe that report? Do you believe what he said this morning? Oh, that we could just be courageous. Be of faith this morning, standing right there on the promise. There's so many things here I want to get to. Time don't allow me to. But let me just share with you. Let me just share with you here just a moment. We've seen his mercy so great among us. He's been the healer of every disease. He's God here in our midst. He never will fail us. You just got to believe. Who hath believed our report? If there's someone sick this morning, can you believe the report? Can you believe the report that your healing's already paid for? As I told Brother Kenneth here some time ago, you remember I was praying about his need. Oh my, we've seen mighty, mighty things happen in that boy's life. You don't think the devil talks in your ear? He talks in his ear. He told him he wouldn't live to see Christmas. But the devil lied. He said he wouldn't live to see New Year's 2020. But the devil lied. He said he wouldn't live to see his granddaughter's wedding. But he was there yesterday. And the devil lied. He's whispering at your ear this morning. And the devil's lying. I've done too much. I've, I've said too many things. I've disbelieved too much. And the devil's lying. My son Timothy wrote something this morning. And I'm just going to share it with you. He's still in France. They just finished the meetings there in France. Brother David Mayors. This morning he'll be flying home tomorrow. Pray for him. And he said Satan is picking on the wrong family. The family of the most high God. The possessor of heaven and earth. The miracle worker, the promise keeper, the way maker, the champion of champions, his family. Never has he went into battle one time that he didn't come out packing the victory. He is marvelous in battle. Zero losses. He can't lose. That's my God. And it's his family the devil is messing with. Cancer, brain bleed underdeveloped hip barren four miscarriages autoimmune disease threatening to blind the eyes lungs gone you remember you remember when we walked by Jerry Shaw 
as a deacon in our church and I was preaching under the anointing and as I walked by him, I just laid hands on him and grabbed him like that. And for three years, he went without oxygen. Amen. Supplemental oxygen. He didn't have to have it. Why? Because God's mindful. He's been with us. Crossed eyes. Oh yeah, when little Adriana flipped 30-something feet in an accident. Landing up with her head against a pole. Crushed with a... With a, with a, with a, a, a concussion to the brain. There, her, her eyes were crossed. And there, she had no breath. He said, God, give life back to my, my baby. We're just out here trying to have a good time. We weren't doing anything wrong. And we know, Lord, you're here with us. Give her... Bring her back, Lord. Her little eyes is crossed. And he said, Adriana, can you see Daddy? She said, no, Daddy, I can't see. God, open my baby's eyes. Let her see again. Can you see me, Adriana? Yes, I can see you. Yeah, but, but Dad, I, you're blurry and I can't see you. My eyes are crossed. God, open this this crossed eyes and crossed eyes came open. Get to the hospital. I'd already prayed before I went there, let there not be one bone broken. Not one sign of it. They get to the hospital, they can't find a sign of it. They can't find a concussion. They can't find a broken bone. You know, it, it's all healed in a couple, in just a couple of days. There's not even a, not even a scar or anything, a scab or anything, even showing it ever happened. And God spoke, "What you you have seen in the natural, I'm going to do in the supernatural." And the very next Wednesday night, and you know the testimony, Brother Philip Roncalli, a man that was mangled. Destroyed, blinded, sin had got him down, pulled him down. He comes to the altar and God changes his life. What we saw in the natural, God did in the supernatural. Hallelujah. Opened his eyes. Didn't see clearly. He's a Christian today. Do you not know the miracle we saw yesterday when... When Justin stood here before everybody and got married, it was a boy, his sister, Lillian, comes in the prayer line and says, I want to see my brother saved. Not Lillian, sorry. I saw your smiles. Amen. But Kimberly, see, it was close. Good thing I'm not trying to be a prophet. But Kimberly cries out, Lord, I want my brother saved. God didn't wait a week. God didn't wait a day. Amen. Right then, something began to work on Justin at home. Laying in his bed, he jumps up out of bed in his pajamas. Finds his way to the house of God and repents. Amen. Still serving the Lord today. That was a miracle. 
Jesus. It'll break every chain. It'll break the chains off of your life. It'll break that unbelief. Hallelujah. Let it do it. Let it do it today. Do you believe his report? We have seen his arm revealed. Hallelujah. God knows your need. Believe him now. In Jesus' name. I worship you, Almighty God. There is none. 